Welcome everyone to the Dining Room Table Podcast, a weekly conversation that addresses taboos of the black community. We emphasize vulnerability, transparency, and authenticity to change the narrative and stigma of self-expression in our community. I'm your host, Miranda X, and this week I'm joined by Kiera Levon, and our topic and question for the day is health in the black community. Does what we eat matter? What does it mean to eat to live? And does what we consider soul food have long-term damaging effects to our bodies? Let's talk about it. So first, I want to welcome my guest, Kiara, to the podcast. How are you doing today, ma'am? Hi, sis. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I know earlier you said you were um, meal prepping. How was that? How did that go? Yeah, so it went well. Uh, I was meal prepping for a new client, which is always exciting because usually the person um, has never had vegan food before or doesn't even have an idea of what it's like. So I get to kind of be the first person that introduces into what that actually is from a black perspective. Mm, sounds like I need you in my life right, <laughs> right at this moment. But speaking on that, what I would like to do first is, can you please, um, please introduce your business, um, explain um, what it is and why you created it? Okay, so yeah, my name is Kiera Levon. I'm originally from South Central LA. I have lived all up and down California, though. I have was pescatarian for eight years and that started when I was in the 10th grade I was going to Inglewood High School and I seen a documentary called Food Inc after that I challenged myself to stop eating chicken beef and pork turkey um, and I just was like I'm just going to eat seafood and originally it was supposed to be for a month but considering the reactions that I received back and all of the discouragement the person that I am it kind of pushed me to go harder and also it pushed me to kind of discover why the people around me had the reaction they had to me not eating meat and how did that meat affect me in the long run and how did I how did I feel different if I didn't eat it so um, a month turns into another month and then that turned into eight years and for the last two years I've been plant-based and people would always come over and ask me to cook or an undergrad friends would buy groceries and they would say if I buy the groceries can you cook can you cook dinner tonight can we watch a movie and you cook and I was like you know what people actually like enjoy my cooking so someone told me to start a YouTube and then from there I have my first paying customer that paid me to cook for them and then boom I was like why not meal prep Mm. and so um your business is named what again so my business getting to that is called the key to health and it is based in los angeles but anybody who is able to get to los angeles um is I recently also just did, did a drive up to Northern California mm. where I dropped off some meals to some people. But basically what I do is meal prep for people, five day meal preps. You can either get two meals a day or three meals a day and everything is 100% plant based. I have a menu and even outside of that menu, I try to accommodate folks if they want me to veganize one of their favorite meals and they want some familiarity. So what made you, I know you said um, people noticed um, your cooking, they started to enjoy it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. What made you actually feel like what I'm doing is important? There's a need. And so why does your business exist? I think my business exists most importantly because I realized that the food has been weaponized. Mm. And what I also realized is that because of the constant attack on the physical of a black person, we often neglect that that physical can also look like them killing us through our food. Mm -hmm. And my business exists to continue the legacy of people like Dr. Sebi, who I was introduced to before I went vegan and did extensive research on it, sat and watched his interview and still sit and watch his interviews for hours and take notes. And just realizing that this information is so important that they rather murder us um, they rather hide it in books. They rather tell us, make commercials saying that milk is good for the bones because they know that there is power in our food and that it has everything to do with our DNA and how our genetics is made up. And it has a lot to do with our mental health. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this because people get so upset from this. There is something that really upsets my people when I start talking about eating better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's the food right there. And so every time that happens, every time I get opposition, I'm like, I need to continue to do this. And, you know, it's so funny that you talk about food being weaponized. Um, I first heard it with the um, the most honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He mm-hmm. had always mm-hmm. talked about women being scientists in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. that right. caught me off guard. And I was like, what 
do you mean by that? And the fact that how we can put together, um, I guess, food and nutrients and um, depending on the food, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And how that can either destroy, um, destroy you or make you feel better. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I read this, um, this post that you posted the other day, Um, you talked about your favorite um, vegan family, but it was something Mm -hmm. that you talked about, about how um, people think that sickness is their natural condition and so can you kind of explain what did you mean by that right right so I have so just for example I know that on my in my family like many of our families cancer runs on both sides so both of my grandmothers have had breast cancer one of them is just most recently in remission and what I mean by that is when something like that happens you see all of this like rallying in our community around like yeah f cancer you know like this person is sick and this person is not living to their full abilities but when you start to talk about the things that are making us sick people Mm. will automatically shut you out people think that as you get older you're supposed to get sick people think that Mm. as a black person sometimes you get disease because oh that's genetic my auntie had it, so now I have it. My mama had it, so now I have it. And it's like, what if I told you that it wasn't genetic, but that it was dietary? Like, what mm. if I told you that you could be the first person, indeed, in fact, to, like, not have to take five prescription pills a day, to not have to be 60 and feel like you are, like, on your way to, like, not being here on this earth um, or not, like, using your body, body to its full uh, capacity. And that's what I meant. I feel like people just think that those things are supposed to happen. Like, oh, that's just a part of life. Like, as right, you get older, right. you get sick. As you get older, you get cancer. And it's like, dang, like, you know, like, what does it look like for us to, like, envision us really being able, not just surviving, but, like, actually really living? And you know what's so funny that you say that? So, um, you know, Brother Sally Muhammad, the yes. first thing um, he told me or one of the um, first things that he told me, I always told him that I struggle with my health. You know, I struggle with my health. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting my life together, girl. <laughs> but <laughs> the way he tried to um, make me understand it or um, um, it was two things. So before I get to him, um, somebody, I don't know if it was the minister or somebody um, had said this, but they were, they were talking about people and asked them about like, what's their favorite car. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, somebody, for example, um, favorite car is a BMW. And then Mm -hmm. they were like, well, what kind of gas do you put in a BMW or would you put, um, what's the lowest one? 83, I think like the basic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The most basic gas. Yeah. And um, they was like, would you put, um, basic gas and a bmw and somebody was like no heck no that's terrible right Um, (laughs) and then they were like so what what kind of gas would you put in a bmw there was like the supreme the premium one like the the best gas that there is and then someone was like well if you view your body the way you view a vehicle a bmw a luxury car then um why 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 don't you treat your body the same way right yes and I was like wow that was deep and then what Sali had said to me he was like well Miranda it's kind of like you're committing suicide but slowly right Mm -hmm. you're slowly killing yourself and I was like well what do you mean by that he was like Oh, I can't, uh, he was like, um, you know, the food that you eat matters. Like the people, um, as far as when we talk about the liberation in the fight, he was like, you're slowly killing yourself by what you eat and the people mm, need mm-hmm. you. And I was like, mm-hmm. dang, that, that he, <laughs> of course he's going to say it that way because that's the way that I'm going to listen. But right. I guess my question to you is why aren't people listening and why aren't people looking at it as the example of a car? Right. So if we really get deep, deep, deep into it, it's psychological. Right. So I don't place Mm -hmm. blame on anybody. And I try not to take I get angry. So sometimes it does come out frustrated or like Mm -hmm. y'all need to wake up. And then I have to kind of just step back a little bit and be like, well, dang, if this person has been alive 40 something years and then I come along like, look, you need to drop this, this, this. And it's not only is it psychological, but it's also physical. Right. So a lot Mm -hmm. of these foods, because they have hormonal chemicals in them Mm -hmm. are not just a matter of, Oh, you should just stop eating it today. But no, you are literally going to have to wean yourself off because your body is addicted. And like, I've been there before. Like your body is addicted. Even when I thought I was my healthiest, I would always slide back into something or see somebody eating something. And now I'm eating it again. And, 
it's psychological. Like even if you think back to slavery, like before we even before we even were enslaved Africans, like what was our genetic like what was our what was our diet? What were the things that we ate on it every day to charge our melanin and to be electric beings as African people with African DNA? Like we don't even know that part. All we know is every now and then we cook the good old aka soul food for the white people. Girl, you talking then, my language. Right. <laughs> and then if we was lucky enough, we might get some scraps that night. So for us, we see these things also as a sign of luxury or oh I got some Mm. money right now like I can afford to go get me some chicken some mac and cheese some greens that is our plate of like that's our plate of like I'm I'm good right now like I'm good Mm. this is a sign of like I'm good I'm financially good I'm good because if you were in a house in a black house growing up and y'all didn't have meat for dinner it was kind of like you knew things were bad like you were eating all sides type and Mm. we all been there before I tell my friends all the time don't act like y'all never ate vegan because it's been a time where we ain't had no meat and cheese in the house but we see that as a time where it's like yay like we're good right now you know like people can't wait to reward themselves psychologically with some meat or some cheese and it's really not only just physically binding but it's psychological like what does it mean to like care past just the temporary like the temporary happiness that you're going to get from that food and also lack of education I'm not just going to sit up here and say like it's enough for me to be talking like all day at people the education has to be there from an early age wow um so it was, you said something, not even look at it like that, like meat was, um, it's a form of luxury for us. I, right. I did not realize that. And then my, my next question, but I think you kind of covered it, but if you can go um, back on it a bit, my next question was, is there a correlation between sa- slavery and soul food? Yes, 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 yes. I talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. I actually, you know, have ruffled a few feathers with this, but it's like, again, it's not, no, there's no blame. There's no blame mm-hmm. being pinned on anybody. But yes, it's very much so a condition of slavery, like I just said. Like, even if you've seen, like, um, the most recent, like, the birth of a nation and that scene where the slave owner literally has to knock the teeth out of these enslaved Africans that are refusing to eat this these scraps and I'm assuming that that was pork because a lot of African people coming from the continent did not eat pork and like Mm. they would literally have to force like tunnel it force Mm. feed it down our throats Mm -hmm. because we already knew that that was something that we did not associate with our godly beings like in ourselves in our temples and it has a huge correlation because when we finally were so-called free and we got into our own houses, we would scrape together anything we can to get some chicken on the table that night, some bacon, some mac Mm -hmm. and cheese. Those, again, were the things that made us feel like we had made it because those were the things that we were used to preparing in the master's house. Mm. And um, I think I watched a documentary called Post Traumatic Slave Diet. That's what it was called. And that Mm -hmm. one was deep. And it talked about um, how our normal, we we feast over during our family celebrations, how Mm -hmm. that was leftovers from slavery. And so how do you, how do you, how do you teach, right? Because you say you don't point the fingers, but Mm -hmm. how do you teach, I guess, a race of people that even though, um, um, I guess, this is what has been passed down. These are our traditions that is not necessarily healthy for you because what Mm -hmm. I've learned about vegan food, it's not necessarily the food, it's the seasoning, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. With, with our, with the things that we love, it may not necessarily be what it, it's just how we season it. And so how do you teach a um, whole group of, uh, or a whole race of people like, Hey, um, you should try this because this is what is, um, it's impacting you in a negative way. Yeah, so, you know, I've really learned from a lot of people that came before me, like, again, like Dr. Sebi and Dr. Layla O'Africa and, like, reading all these books and even, like, my following on Instagram, some of the black vegans and plant-based folks that I follow on there that I already have established businesses and cookbooks. And the way that you have to reach people is through what they are familiar with. And that's why, mm. again, like, I just try to continue to put the information out there and whoever grabs onto it grabs onto it. And it could be somebody that's been following me for six months and then all of a sudden they'll just message me like you know what I'm gonna start today and like those little victories are those little like me having an impression on somebody one person at a time is enough to make me feel like okay I'm doing something because that person will go and tell somebody else who will tell somebody else and that's really how it's been happening for me since I decided to take the key to health to like the official level of like cooking for folks and I even try to reach my people through like soul food Fridays like I did a Mm. soul food platter a couple of weeks ago and you know it was all familiar items you have like your fried mushrooms which resemble fried chicken you have your greens your mac and cheese your cornbread your yams so I try to reach them through the foods and because it's like 
again, not everything that we're eating is bad, right? It must, it could be the things we're adding to it or the things we're eating mm-hmm. with it. But most of our foods are already like good for us. Our greens, things like that. The yams we eat, we eat like zucchini and things like that. We just eat them in other forms. Some of us already like mushrooms. So I just try to bring another, another layer to it. And I think when people see the food, they're like, okay, I want to try it. And once they try it, they're pretty much so. So that's really how I try to reach. And just using my platform, every time that I'm on Instagram, I want to make sure I give somebody something to think about because we spend majority of our day on there anyway. So what am I going to leave the people with to think about today? So two things, right, that just came to my mind. One, talk to me about it. Um, vegan food looks nasty. I know you've heard mm-hmm. that a lot. Um, yes. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> I just put this on my uh-huh. Instagram in my last, in like two posts on my page. I said, I know when you hashtag vegan food on Instagram, the first thing that pops up is some nasty looking food. It's usually from people who live in Australia, Ireland, um, you know, like all of these places where majority white people live. And that's another thing that I continue to tell my people. I'm not going to argue with you about white mainstream veganism, because if you're coming at me expecting me to teach that, then that's not what I'm teaching. And before I do workshops, I always say, this is not that. Like my veganism doesn't look like you have to shop at Whole Foods. My vegan doesn't look like don't season your food or don't use the seasonings that you're familiar with in your in your vegetables so I get it and I don't blame anybody because if I had had this platform before I went vegan I would have been like oh my god these are not the people that I want to like take a recipe from and that's Mm -hmm. the reason why I also like sell recipes people who can't get my meal prep immediately my recipes are two dollars and you can get them through my Instagram so it's just like I know that it looks nasty. I know these are all these misconceptions. You can even go to a vegan restaurant and think, oh, my God, this is going to be cool. And you'd be like, oh, my God, I'm disgusted. And that happens. But I feel like this. When you go to McDonald's and you get something that's nasty, do you stop going to McDonald's? No. You go to another location. When you go to Mm. Carl's Jr. and you get food poisoning, do you stop eating burgers? No. You just get a burger from somewhere else. And it's like people have all of these excuses that probably sound really freaking legit to them. But when you question them or throw it back at them, it's like, dang, that actually does make no sense. I do want to just live this way. (laughs) You feel me? Uh So it's just like we food poisoning cannot scare us away from me. My cousins, my friends, they would tell me the horror stories about them being on the toilet and blah, blah. But it's like, yeah, I'm just, but I went to this one and it was cool. Or I tried it from this place and it was cool. And it's like, dang, well, Mm -hmm. just because vegan food was nasty one or two times are you seen a picture mm. that was nasty try it again go go mess with somebody else find somebody that looks like you that does it because we are out here black vegans are out here it's so funny that you say that because as i'm growing um older and what i call i'm trying to adult right mm-hmm. um as a at a young age i've always been picky right mm-hmm. i i eat with my senses so i've right. always ate like if it looks nasty or it smells right. nasty I'm not eating it. <laughs> you will laugh mm-hmm. at me because I love spaghetti, but I hate a mm-hmm. lasagna. And um, <laughs> mm-hmm. it just looked different. It just mm-hmm. was disgusting for me. And so for you to, like for me, when it comes to vegan food, it has to, I have to do baby steps. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. right, that don't right. really look appealing to me. And mm-hmm. so trying to, but I've been challenging myself. You will be proud um, right. that <laughs> I, I try it anyway, even if I did not, like, if, if I didn't, my past I wouldn't have initially tried it. Right, right, <laughs> um, exactly. So I would um I do encourage people to still um give it a try. I actually tried Soul Vegetarian um out here in Atlanta and it wasn't bad. They had some like soy macaroni and cheese and I was like, whoa, blew my mm. mind. Um but my um my next question um was gonna be um I think last year was twenty eighteen. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I had went vegan, I, and I can say that for four months, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a two part with that. How I feel like one day I just like I'm not going to eat meat, and then one month turned into you know a cut four, and then I right. went to California, and I was like, I can't be in California and not have my tacos. You <laughs> feel me? I gotta have the tacos. I wouldn't be a true Californian if I didn't have tacos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that ruined my little no meat, no dairy kind of thing. But my question is, how do you, for the people who are new um, to a vegan lifestyle or a vegetarian lifestyle or a pescatarian lifestyle, how do you go without eating meat, but not starving at the same time? Right. And I'm happy you asked this. And, you know, this question is, I mean, from my point of view, it's frustrating just because it's like, dang, I eat more than most people that I know. And the reason why I can fit more into this little body is because my body is not 
I'm not, I'm not eating a lot of stuff that's holding me down. I'm not eating a lot of bad stuff. So I have a bigger appetite than even my, my adult uncle. He always says to me, go out mm-hmm. to eat, like you really put away food. And it's like, people don't expect me to eat a lot, I guess, because they think that my diet is missing something. When in reality, I'm, anything that y'all are eating, I'm replacing with something else. So mm-hmm. I make sure that I don't starve by making sure that I know how to make a grocery list, making sure that I use the resources that I have, such as YouTube, when I'm looking for like creative inspiration. I know how to finesse like a lot of us do. A lot of us were in the house when our mamas wasn't home and we barely had any groceries and we had to throw things in a skillet or do something like that. And I think I just take that spirit of growing up, growing up poor and the spirit of my ancestors and making something happen, even when I have very few groceries. And the beautiful part about it is I don't have to be concerned with going to buy me a slab of ribs or some turkey meat for tonight because I already know that this is what's going to fulfill me. And the feeling of being hungry will go away because what's happening is the chemicals that you that are in your body are making you feel like you are hungry a lot more than you actually are. You may feel hungry, but does your body need any more food? And when you change your diet, you will realize that your stomach and your body will never fail you it will tell you how much you need to eat and most of the time we don't need to eat as much as we're eating when we talk about everything that america has done foul and everything they do wrong we do not mention the fact that they also are purposely making their people obese and purposely making their people sick the serving sizes the chemicals that are in the food, all of that makes your eyes bigger than your stomach when it comes down to it. And so most of the time, it's a smoothie, it's oatmeal, it's snacking on fruit all day, it's making me some muffins, um, it's making pancakes in the middle of the day. I can pretty much eat anything. The other day for dinner, we made pizza. So it's like, I don't be hungry. And I think it's, it's sad that that's like a common like misconception of the vegan community that we be hungry or even that we're suffering through it just to say that we're vegan, which is not the case at all. Okay. And then, so I think you kind of dispelled that myth of as far as three meals a day. Um, Right. What does that look like? So for me, um, and this is something that I learned from Dr. Sebi, and I've like talked about this on my Instagram as well. For me, for the last two months, I've really been religiously practicing not eating until 12 in the afternoon. And I'll tell you why. Is that where you break your fast with fruit? Right, exactly. So in the morning, no, in the morning when I first wake up, I drink herbal tea, spring water and fruit. I don't do anything else. So most of the time when I wake up in the morning, it's like right now I just found some seeded watermelon and grapes. So I've been on that heavy cherries, um, apricot, peach, whatever. I'm drinking my spring water and my herbal tea. When you wake up in the morning, a lot of us will notice because we probably ate late that night, which I'm still doing, which is not good for us. You still are having bowel movements when you wake up in the morning. Mm. And if you have a healthy metabolism, you should be having bowel movements when you wake up in the morning. When you wake up in the morning and you still have bowel movements, that is all the more reason to not go and give yourself this quote unquote American breakfast, eggs, sausage, toast, like all of this stuff when your body is still trying to like reprogram and regenerate from the day before, the night before. So I don't do anything in the morning except eat fruit and drink water. And I love tea, so I'm always having some type of ginger tea or making me some warm lime water to cleanse the mucus out of my system and just recharge. And when 12 o'clock hits, I usually try to eat something raw. So that's usually when I eat a big salad or I probably even eat like a granola bar or maybe some yogurt. And then I usually start eating my cooked foods around 4 or 5, 6 o'clock. And that's kind of where I try to end it. But like I said, I'm still growing. I'm still young. And, you know, you be up sometimes late and you just be like, I'm hungry. And that's also a habit. It's a habit that I have Mm -hmm. to consciously put that energy towards to break out of. So sometimes I do eat late, but because I'm not eating early in the morning, my body has time to cleanse itself and kind of be like, okay, now I'm ready for you to like feed me food again. So this idea that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, wow, okay, maybe it is, but what does that breakfast actually look like? And who has told you that that's what that breakfast looks like? The same people who are using you for, to fund the health industry. Mm. Mm. And so now my mind is going and um this is of course a like a vulnerable moment i know for mm-hmm. me i struggle um with my health and um mm-hmm. i don't know like i i i have lost um at least i know for my body since i moved to atlanta right um very right. very interesting my body has been different and i'm looking like right. what the heck is going on and i know mm-hmm. um now I, i'm an ice cream lover love ice cream and then I know this is not the proper way. I know you'll probably say it differently, but I, I've become mm-hmm. lactose intolerant. Now, I know naturally we're not <laughs> supposed to be on milk. So I already know uh-huh. that. But um, it was very um, interesting for me to become lactose intolerant when I moved to Atlanta because I've never experienced that. And I was like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. like 
my body is like evolving and it's changing and I'm not used to it. And then um, as of lately, I've just lost my appetite. And I was like, oh, I wonder if, um, 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 like I always feel like naturally my body can be ready for a vegan um, mm-hmm. lifestyle, but my mind isn't. And so, cause I know it's certain things where I'm like, oh, I know I can do it. I can do it. But psychologically, I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. But what do you have to, um, and I'm not sure if I asked a question or if there was a question in there. Um, maybe you can just share your thoughts, but what do you mm-hmm. have to say to people like me who like their body is changing? Like I'm not, um, I don't even love meat the same anymore. And right. I'm looking like just the desire. And I always said like, well, I'm not, if you don't eat for pleasure, then the only thing left to do is to eat to live, right? It's only you either right. eat it for pleasure or you eat it to live. And I said, if I don't love and enjoy meat the same way anymore, then I need to do something differently. And so um, I try to um, um, do my best to eat healthy, but it's just like that. I don't know. I just give it like the, mm-hmm. the level of dedication and love that I have for my people, for <laughs> my work, um, everything else. I don't have it when it comes to my health. And so right. I don't know what to do. And so exactly, exactly. And you said something very interesting that I want to challenge. You mm-hmm. either eat for pleasure or you eat to live. And I just want to pose the question to everyone or why are those things not in one? Why are those mm-hmm. two things not in one? Why are we in love with everything that is not good for us and like you just said I know you as a sister who definitely put yourself on the line for your people organizes for black rights and black liberation but what does that look like if the people are not even geared up and mentally fit mm-hmm. to right. be in that position to fight for themselves and so if your pleasure is your people and your pleasure is to live and see your people live then your pleasure needs to be associated with doing whatever that means to keep your people here and to have them mentally well to do the work because if in reality if we just eliminated the bad the bad foods from our from our lifestyle and it was just the norm for us to have gardens in every black house and every black community and every black school the condition of our people with the anger the temperaments the anger towards each other Mm -hmm. the adhd that they say our kids have the prescription pills the addiction to pills from that all of that is enough to change a lot of the material conditions that we are in and i'm in no way shape or form that we have to saying that we have to focus on one issue in order to revolution but that's not been included in the in the process I have never seen that be included in all of these years in the process of black liberation and besides like how you said the honorable prophet Elijah Muhammad I never have even really heard of black organizations mm-hmm. and black leaderships taking on that role. You know, Dr. Sevy has a quote where he says, in all of the years that I've been doing this, no black leader has ever came to me and said, let me help you on your fight. And he said, I mm-hmm. take no offense to it because they don't even know that they're sick either. So it's like, what does it mean for us to eat for pleasure and eat to live? And why aren't those the same things? Because I am do- I eat for pleasure every time that I eat. And the reason why mm-hmm. is because psychologically, I now you know that it. it's helping me. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. I love the way I feel. And I commend you on your four months, but I'm telling you right now, sis, from doing it for two years, four months is not even enough time to really get the the happy feeling that I'm like speaking of, mm-hmm. like that feeling of like, wow, I just feel so different. I'm I'm more so motivated to do this. And when you see people around you doing it, it just makes you even more happy. Like even the small things, like my mom no longer eating red meat, that just makes me so happy because I can see that she's happy about it, and she didn't even think she thought it was gonna be torture, and I can see that she's happy about that change. <laughs> you know, like she's yeah, like, I can't yeah. do it, I can't do it, and now here she is doing it and it's like look at you like you're doing it so it's just but like uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah I hear you though and about your body changing let me just touch on that with the lactose intolerance thing anything that's eventually going to make you sick you should never been eating in the first place so right. unlike me me and you were different from a young age I had a severe case of eczema all over my body and when my mom went to the doctor lucky enough this doctor wasn't worried about a paycheck he was on some real stuff and he told her look she has to stop eating dairy that is the main cause of the inflammation and why her skin is flaring up so from a young age I didn't I didn't drink regular milk but my mom being misinformed or just not just not having that like oomph like I have right now about this subject she still let me eat ice cream she still let me eat milkshake she still let me eat cheese because in her mind it's like okay she's not drinking milk but not paying attention right. to the fact that all of those things have dairy in it and I continue to suffer from eczema until my adulthood when I really started to take matters into my own hand and just be a little more healthier and learn through my own like self-teaching so every anything that's going to eventually make you sick shouldn't be in your lifestyle choice in the first place because vegetables you're never going to wake up and be like oh my body can't tolerate that vegetable anymore anything from the earth is here for a reason like we have to trust in the earth to be everything that we need Mm. I guess, like, 
and 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 I know it's not really I guess I know it's a psychological thing. I just feel like um when mm-hmm. you eat healthier and and that's why I want you to also adjust too. Um and of course eating healthier um I feel like dang, now I can't eat and so I'm going to have to starve. I'm going to be hungry. And then the other thing is um <laughs> eating healthier is um expensive. And so if you can touch on that. Yeah, so you want to yeah so i feel like anything that you like that's regular like that's made with meat and dairy you need to just use your phone anybody listening we use our phones and Googles for anything. I tell people in my DMs all the time, it's amazing what y'all will Google, but then what y'all will DM me as if y'all are so helpless. Mm-hmm. We have to start, like, stop stop BSing mm-hmm. ourselves. Like, anything that I want that's not vegan, trust and believe me, I'm going to look it up and be like, vegan, sloppy joes. Right. And, like, by the way, I have that recipe on my YouTube. One day I wanted sloppy joes. And I was like, dang, what am I going to make sloppy joes with? I started looking at, like, grains and different beans. And I'm like, okay, if I add the sloppy joe mix to mm-hmm. this, and I came up with, oh, I can use lentils instead the ground meat and it's like anything that I want vegan I mean the other day I was like oh I want a cheesecake I'm like oh vegan cheesecake and like that's something that I offer my clients like vegan cheesecake bites so anything that you can think of you're not the first person to ever think of it there are millions of people and yes majority of them happen to be white the ones that get attention but again you can finesse that recipe and add what you like to it you know like you we have a lot more creativity in us than we want to own up to sometimes because it's easier to be ignorant like it's easier to just go with the flow and do what we've been doing and to your second question about it being expensive I don't use this language in my workshops because people like to ask me what is it going to take or how much money does it take Mm -hmm. and I'm like the one thing that you're going to be giving up that's probably worth more than anything is your time right don't even think about the fact the money (laughs) your time is the most expensive thing you are going to put on the table for this lifestyle and it's an investment that is gonna that's gonna quadruple your quality of Mm. life it's an investment so the biggest thing that you're giving up is your time when it comes down to cost my favorite grocery stores for my California people because I'm not that familiar with what Atlanta has would be grocery outlet I even go to the Dollar Tree sometimes when I'm like working with a real real low budget after bills and everything I'm a graduate student I'm low income first generation I'm on EBT and some months they don't give me my EBT like this month I'm going to the Dollar Tree to see what bags of fruit I can get for some smoothies I can get some oats that's at the Dollar Tree to Quaker Oats I put that in my smoothie now that's real feeling um spaghetti wait Quaker Oats like the the raw oatmeal yes Quaker Oats rolled oats yes I add rolled oats to my smoothies yes because I want to be full and I know that it's probably going to be one of those days where I only can eat like two things because I'm broke I'm broke right now so you know grocery outlet um going to I surprisingly do not judge books by their cover me and uh, my friend just discovered that a lot of things in Trader Joe's are a hell of a lot cheaper than they Mm. are in Rouse you really just have to like Trust the process. Go into a store knowing what you want after you've looked up a couple of recipes. Just start with one recipe. And I can guarantee you, challenge yourself on what's really expensive when you're eating out two times a day, five days a week. Mm. Like, you can't really tell me that eating vegan is expensive if you will happily go and spend your money five days a week eating out at least two to three times a day, not including the snacks and stuff that we like to stop and buy throughout the day. If you add all of that up, you will see, okay, I could have got groceries and made that meal two times. And that's happened to me before. And now that I'm a meal prep, I'm a meal prep chef, I literally look at receipts all the time. Right. And when I go out to eat, I'll be feeling guilty as heck. I'm like, dang, this is like two meals. Like, you know, so just stop. Don't play yourself. I just tell everybody, stop playing yourself. Mm-hmm. You got it in you. Um, you, you, we more willing to give it up to somebody else to do it for us. And that's really what it comes right. down to. The most expensive thing is your right. time. Right. I said, when I get some money, I'm hiring a chef. A chef is done. I'm hiring a chef, <laughs> right. a driver. I don't want to do nothing. I hope my husband, if he listening right now, I hope he's the chef, right? But no, no, no. But to, on a right. more serious note, though, I do think it's important to um, to invest time in what we're putting in our bodies because I understand that our quality of life can be extended. And so I, I, right. I can joke around all day, but if I had the the knowledge, right? Because I know I have the time. I think the knowledge and the motivation because I think that because it's something that I truly struggle with that I can't do it alone. And it's like, I can try yeah, exactly. to do it alone, but I guarantee you it's not yeah. going as far as the consistency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember when me and you were, um, I was mm-hmm. checking in. Remember mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how you doing? That was that yeah. four months. And 
I feel like that's another piece of advice that I always give. And again, my YouTube is Keylavon, K-E-I-L-A-V-O-N. And on there, I have a video about transitioning. Mm-hmm. And one of the tips that I do give is what really helped me transition was having an accountability buddy. The person that introduced me to Dr. Sevi, she was kind of like on my butt and we were doing it at the same time. And she was like, you know, like we got to check in with each other. She had already graduated. And we just kind of like kept in touch that way, sending each other videos, sending each other like informational posts or recipes. And that kind of like sparked my enthusiasm because it's like, oh, look, somebody is counting on me to do this with them. And that's kind of like what's happening with my mom right now. It's her seeing like my business like grow and people be interested is making her interested. And it's like, okay, even though I'm already 40 plus, it's not too late for me to be taking heed to what my daughter is saying. And I feel like that makes people more excited. So honestly, yes, definitely get you an accountability buddy. And also it does not hurt to just journal your experiences Mm. with food every day. Like if you know that that you are Mm -hmm. trying to, yeah, if you know that you're trying to cut out dairy, you you know, today I had blah, blah. And if you mess up, so what? Messing up is not a good enough excuse to throw in the towel. Messing up is like, okay, today I had something I had dairy in it, tomorrow I'm not. So you write down what that food was and what, what are the replacements that you can get it the next time. Right now, I'm trying to break my addiction to mm. chips. I just love a crushed oh, yeah. chip. It's a texture thing. It has nothing to do with the chips themselves. It's a texture thing. I'm used to it. I mean, we've been snacking on chips since before we even could make a decision on what we wanted to eat or not. I been snacking on chips people give kids chips like it's right right so it's like i've been snacking on chips so every time i have a sandwich i want i want (laughs) chips instead of right exactly so it's just like i've been trying to like break that and it's like i told myself i'm like okay every time that i want chips i'm gonna grab a granola bar or i'm gonna go my backpack and get this dang fruit out of here and it's just like when i do have chips i recognize it i sit with it and i'm like all right tomorrow we're gonna do better and another thing you can't eat what you don't buy Mm. (laughs) so if you don't want to eat it don't put it in your house Mm -hmm. And to all my people listening, I still live at home. I started being pescatarian at home. It was extremely difficult, especially with the naysayers and the negative talk. But it's just like, keep doing it. And I swear to you, it probably seems far off right now, but people will. What about the holidays? Like, I can't even... The holidays, for that, I also have a video okay, on YouTube. Okay. I did a Friendsgiving, and I did mac and cheese. I did a dressing. My dressing was smacking. And that's another thing, right? For a lot of that inspiration, I Googled vegan mm-hmm. holiday meals. So there's nothing that's not already out there. Like, really just trust the process and try it. Just try it out because it's nothing that's not already out there. There are whole black vegan households that still celebrate the holidays. And it's like, also, what does it mean to be so conscious and celebrate these pageant holidays and eat this European food? Like, we really have to get real with ourselves. Like, we we have to get real with ourselves about what it means to be black and be liberated and to also still follow the suit of people who never wanted to see us do better. Mm, I love it. I love it. And then my... Um, um, I'm not sure if you did say that you already have this on your YouTube channel, but do you mm-hmm. also provide, um, I know you provide recipes. Um, do you provide um, how you said, oh, well, my friend sent me this clip um, and uh-huh. I had to watch it. And so like those educational clips are something that I can watch. I'm not sure right. if you post documentaries, all that good stuff. Kind of like homework. Like, hey, you know, hey, followers, yeah. you should watch this video and then maybe post a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything like that that I can search on your YouTube? Right. Because and on, honestly, uh, you just gave me a good idea. And I'm going to say this um, and I'm going to be I know myself. I And I, I can truthfully say this about myself. I'm lazy when it comes to the, my health. And I mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. I know, of course, we supposed to take mm-hmm. charge. But being real with myself, I'm lazy. Yeah. People want yeah. it to be done for them. And of course, that's what you charge as far as recipes. But I because I'm. Um, I work in schedules, right? Or I work in, I say, I'm a soldier. Just tell me what to do yeah. and I'm going to do it. And so if I went on your YouTube mm-hmm. page and um, you told me like, hey, you should go here and then here's a challenge you should do based on this. Um, th- I would totally do it only because I know you're an expert in your field and I know you're where I'm trying, like you're kind of a goal, right? You're kind of a standard. And as I learn who I am, as far as my health is concerned, I'm going to find who I am somewhere in that transition but mm-hmm. I'm like oh mm-hmm. well what because my next thing is like my first thing is like well what do I start because information can be overwhelming right and if I'm by myself right. and I know you say find an accountability partner but right now if I'm by myself and I'm using Dr. Google I'm um, all this stuff now that I'm mm-hmm. just overwhelmed by recipes because if you're like me you're a picky eater I don't honestly have a palate mm-hmm. like I don't have a food palate I don't know what to make and what to put together i promise you i've been yeah. making uh green beans uh red potatoes and cabbage like that's <laughs> my 
Yeah, same here, same here. And, like, since I picked up on more, like, meal prep customers, I find myself meal prepping for myself less, which is also something that I had to check the other day. Like, dang, I can't be – if I'm preaching to the people, I got to put me first so I can be here for the people. So I definitely also choose Sundays because those are usually days where I'm just scrolling on my phone, waiting for the mm-hmm. week to start, not doing much of anything, watching movies, catching up on a show. And, like, no matter how busy you say you are, we all have right. those downtimes. We all have those downtimes and that's what I tell people all the time again your time is your biggest investment instead of laying there in your towel after you get out the shower and scrolling on Instagram for hours and tagging other people as goals just get up go get your containers get your groceries for that week um budget yourself so tell yourself okay we going here I'm spending $80 right and see what that looks like for you to at least start off with one meal a day for every day that you don't have to worry about prepping in advance and that you can just grab and go so that way you're not tempted to buy food out so like you said, for me, that's also Sunday. And, like, a typical day for me, if I'm not meal prepping, like I said, I usually wake up and drink some some warm lime water immediately. I drink my chlorophyll. I take my vitamins. And then I usually have me a smoothie that usually includes sea moss. And so that's another thing, right? There's layers to it. Once you start getting more into it and more, like, just romanticizing the idea of being healthy, you will start to, like, want to add all these other, like, cool things to it because – the earth is going to provide everything, like I said. So chlorophyll, which is a natural plant juice, basically, that helps you build your blood up and makes you fresh. And it's the thing that keeps your body odor neutral. So that way you don't have to wear harmful deodorants, mm. et cetera. And the only reason why we even get musty or that we stink is because we're eating dead flesh. So chlorophyll, I drink every morning. And then I also take my vitamins. And then I drink my warm lime water to clear out the mucus from the night before. Because even... I, even though I'm vegan, I still have mucus because I'm not c- completely alkaline. So I'm still eating some foods that are considered acidic, which is giving me mucus. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> and then I just go on with my day from there. I eat fruit. And then I usually pack something for work, which will usually be a salad. I always have salad stuff on hand. Um, or I just do quinoa with beans. And then, yeah. For the, that night, I may just collaborate with my partner and be like, what are we eating tonight, blah, blah. We both usually like to, like, do that together, which is also a good thing. Like, that's why I said it's, go- it's cool to have, like, an accountability buddy to, like, kind of do it with. But if you're by yourself, then follow me on Instagram, and I for sure will be on right, your butt. Right. You know what just um, came to mind? I wanted to ask you about working out. Living a vegan lifestyle uh-huh. and working out. Um, I know what you're going to say, but is it possible uh-huh right <laughs> <laughs> it's very much possible and shout out to my girls oh Zinga yeah Toma. Um, I'm not even the expert expert. Oh, Lord. Yes, Zinga okay. is a vegan. She's been vegan okay. longer than me. Um, yeah, Zinga was raw vegan for a substantial amount of time, which means she literally did not cook any of her food, literally just ate raw vegan. And now Zinga is continuously vegan. She works out. She mm-hmm. weight lifts. She is the Rock thickest girl. you will ever and, lay your um, eyes on. And it is crazy. For my listeners, um, Zinga is the person who designed my um, um, handmade um design my graduation dress um and then my graduation outfit for both graduations so please check her out keep going Yes, yeah, she also did my graduation outfit. She's a most right. beautiful African woman. And yeah, so she's vegan. And you know, I tell her all the time we laugh because I'm like, you were a closeted vegan mm. before we even like were friends because nobody even knows, like how you just said, she's vegan. Yeah, I did, I nobody even she's knows thick. that she's vegan because she got a nice little Yes, shape. because you don't uh-huh. associate, you, y'all don't associate, people don't associate being like thick mm. or being built or being manly or masculine right. with not eating meat. It's like, oh, if I want to, if I want to be buff, I want I gotta eat meat. I gotta eat right. meat. And it's like, nah, like that's so not true. I, I seen this post, it was like a line of men and they were in the gym and they had all of the times that how long they had been vegan. Yeah. And most of them were vegan yeah. from birth. Like literally had parents who were vegan and they were bodybuilders. So it's just that miseducation about what protein is, how much do you need, and how can the earth provide everything that they are telling you commercially that you need to get through their processed think- food. So it's just like you just it's very possible. You wait, you lift weights slowly but surely. You squat with weights. You run. You make sure that the body is a muscle. The booty right. is a muscle. And we're talk, if we're talking to like the the people out there that care about growing their hips and their butt, the booty is a muscle. And I've seen it for myself. I can like right now we're doing a squat challenge. Me, Zing, and a bunch of my other mm-hmm. friends, and we check in every night on if we did our squats. And I already seen that my quads are getting bigger and my okay, butt is now. If I stop doing squats, <laughs> right? If I start, if I stop today and I stop for a week. 
that all of that's going to go away. Why? Because it's a muscle. It has to be flexed, which means that I consciously have to work at it every day. It's very possible, but again, you have to love it. You have to want right, it. Right, right, right. It made me think of um, when you talked about those black men. Um, they were like, they eat like elephants right. or eat like herbivores or something like that. I'm looking like, exactly. come on, black men. I tell people all the time, I'm like, why do you think you need so much protein when an ape is an ape and he mm. don't eat? It's like, you know, like, and they're we strong. We just, li- exactly. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't really consider that. It's like, who are you to say that you need more protein than a gorilla does? And what does that mean when protein is a macronutrient? Meaning it's literally in everything you eat. The only way that you're not going to get protein is by not right. eating. It's literally by starving. It's literally in everything that you eat. And if you have all of these other supplements to fill in those gaps and you're treating yourself right, you can't. Miss. Right. And so as we wrap up the podcast, I want to, I want you to give somebody some advice whether a beginning, a beginner, or you want to um, dispel a few myths again, what is something that you would say to somebody? What I would say to somebody is they're going to laugh at you. They are going to taunt you. They're going to tell you that your food is still made in chicken grease. <laughs> they are going to bag on you. They are going to be like, are you really black? How do you not eat chicken? Mm. And what I want to say to you is you get to redefine who you are at any given second of any day. And it is not impossible for you to live a life where you can change the narrative of what black health is. Look around you at the people in your family. Look at your friends. Pay attention to their temperament. Pay attention to their their skin, their teeth, how white their eyes are. Pay attention to how much energy they have throughout the day. How often do they sleep? Um, How do they feel about themselves? Are they happy with themselves? Do they feel good? Can they run a mile? I don't care how skinny they are. Can they run a mile? And like really just ask yourself like what is it what is it going to look like for me to to break this it's genetic type of cycle? And it's very possible if you need any type of assistance or guidance just start looking for the people in your city. You will be very surprised at what you find by doing a simple search of black people in your community who are plant-based and who are vegan and who are doing this holistic work. I also want to tell anybody listening that please just go on YouTube and type in Dr. Sebi. There are countless numbers of videos documenting his why, his wisdom and the things that he left us before he was taken from us. And those things are free of charge. And it's so lucky for us that we even have those videos to look back on considering who he was and all that he meant to this new wave of what it means to be black and be plant-based. And that's what I'm going to leave people with. Temporary pleasure is not worth it in the long run when you can create a new definition of what pleasure looks like for you and yours. Thank you. Thank you. And please tell the people where they can find you on social media. Yes. So my Instagram is at it's I-T-S Levon, K-E-I-L-A-V-O-N. My business is the key to health. If you put that hashtag in, you will also find me. And I am also on YouTube at Key Levon, K-E-I-L-A-V-O-N. And pretty soon I am going to be dropping a cookbook. Ooh. There are a lot of other exciting things coming up. Yes, I have been getting mad, mad requests for me to compile these recipes and add some more. And people want to buy a cookbook. So I'm definitely working on that for 2019 sooner than later but for right now all inquiries questions comments concerns can be made through instagram please don't hesitate i'm not going to judge you but i do give tough love to my people i love you and we need that and we need that and can you remind us again how much um um, your recipes are so my recipes are two dollars each right now i have about 32 of those in the archives if you want all of them it's 30 dollars. but that information is also on my instagram and it's in my highlights or you can just hit me up and be like hey where's the recipe information and i'll give it to you but they are two dollars each and i even have my detox and infused waters on there and like a whole lot of other good stuff i love it i love it and so as always um if you're interested in following me on instagram you can follow me at miranda x and if you're interested in reading the blog on this episode um um, you can please, I mean, you can go to my website at www.mirandax.com slash blogcast. And until then, I will see you next week. Thank you so much, Kiera. I loved it. And I hope you have a great day. Yes. Thank you.